Investing in your own growth and self-development isn't selfish, it's self-care. This is the Rebranded Podcast, the show where we hear about personal development and career growth. You'll learn what it takes to highlight yourself on your resume and beyond your resume. Remember, it's never too late to rebrand yourself and your career. I'm Tanikia, and this is the Rebranded Podcast. Kiara is an international music teacher, mother, and wife with an appetite for learning new things. She is currently a teacher in transition to a career in software as a service customer success. So my first question is, um, how did you get into teaching? Um, what was that journey like for you and what grade did you teach? Um, so I, um, when I was in high school, I kind of, um, I had, I knew I wanted to do something in music. So I'm a music teacher mm-hmm. and, um, uh, my professor, uh, kind of guided me into teaching, um, during my first year, he was like, oh, you could do all these different things in music, but I, I see you as a music teacher. And even though I kind of went back and forth while I was in college, I finally, um, stuck with that. And um, by the end of school, I was I just I had found out about international teaching and decided I wanted to do that specifically. Um, and so um, I don't teach any one grade. I've taught everything from pre-K to um, 12th grade. But um, I, when I teach right now, I'm an elementary teacher and I've done elementary and upper school. When I teach elementary, I teach all the grades because I'm the music teacher for them. So they'll come to me like up to three times a week. Uh, one of my schools is really small, so I'll see them a lot. But um, usually one, one to three times a week. Oh, nice. That's cool. International teaching. I know um, one of um, my colleagues that I graduated with taught in, I think, uh, was that Spain? I don't know. But I think that is so cool. Me personally, I don't think I will be able to do it because I don't know. I'm just I would just be really scared to just go overseas. But that's That's valid. Oh, really? (laughs) That's valid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um my first job was in South Korea and um right now I'm in Burkina Faso and um just a quick google search about Burkina Faso will tell you enough like this is in West Africa and it was one of my rules I had two rules about going abroad I was like um no it was just one rule I was like I'll go anywhere I'm pretty adventurous and I but I'm not you know you know how they'll make overseas seem so scary so I'm not like automatically just like oh just because I'm there I'm going to get some kind of disease and die or somebody's going to kidnap me and stuff it's kind of overdone a little bit (laughs) but as long as it's politically stable I'll go there but then I came here and then they had a coup and then they had another coup (laughs) so (laughs) so I'm still here (laughs) but um I'm at the end of um this contract I'm leaving as soon as it's over and I wouldn't have come here um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, things happen. And I mean, some of my other international colleagues have had the same thing or even had to leave their country. And of course, COVID was a whole thing, especially yeah. for those guys. So. So how long have you been teaching internationally? Um, well, my first um, I've got, come back to the States and taught there, too. But my first job was international, which was um, in 2015. So I've. Um, Oh, uh, I guess five years. Oh, yeah. Wow. It doesn't sound <laughs> feel like it's been that long, but that's not a long career, actually. But yeah, about yeah. five years. So what are your likes and dislikes about teaching um, internationally versus you maybe teaching in the States? Oh, OK. Yeah. So 
they it kind of merges with my likes and dislikes of teaching in general because mm-hmm. as you know I'm I am leaving the profession um but um I'm like in transition kind of right now but so I there the some of the dislikes are um just kind of uh with the low salary of teaching so even yeah. though um <laughs> as I can get get in one of the likes of international teaching it's better a better salary um actually but the salary is still nothing like what I um I want. And mm-hmm. so the high, the low cap, like even the person who's my boss's boss is making less than I want to be making. So I'm like, I need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so the low salary and um, just all of the different um, things that are we're that are expected of us. However, like it's a little bit different for me as a music teacher. Um, even though a lot of people um, think it's it's like this. It is a little bit like this where I get to teach what I want to teach um, more often. So I do enjoy that part. However, the salary um, overseas is a little bit better because we don't have to spend a lot on living expenses. So no rent, no a lot of different things. So then you, a lot of us can save you know, a, a salary, like what someone else's salary is per year. So a lot of people get out of debt. Um, during their first few years and things like that. And then our, our flights are all covered. So I love that part. Um, but then um, when I'm over in the States, I love the stability um, because for example, I'm, I'm not protected by all the laws that I have in the States. So um, I just had my second child and both of my children were, um, I got pregnant with both of them overseas and had to come back to the States to have my babies. And I wasn't protected by all these laws. So these schools have, they're very small organizations and they're led by, you know, directors who your, your boss controls your visa you know, so I can't even stay in the country if my boss isn't happy with me, my how, like where I live and stuff. And that's too much control for a boss. Um, so I don't like that about um, teaching at smaller schools. Um, I've, I've always been at smaller schools. Um, and they, they, you do have the laws of your country, but sometimes I've found that both in both countries I've been in that who am I um, to you know, try to fight against, get, fight the laws and try to do a lawsuit or anything like that when they're breaking laws and rules um, against an organization that knows what they're doing. So, yeah. so when they're breaking the laws and um, both of the countries did, did this, they tried, my current job tried not to give me my maternity leave um, but because they thought they had written it out of the contract. It was a new director. And um, he was like, uh, you are aware you don't have um, maternity leave? And I was like, uh, I was like, let's, Oh, uh, you have my contract? Um, I have it too. Let's let's open up that page. They have because I knew because I, I read my contracts, you know. Um, yeah, from the beginning. right. And I I didn't get pre- you know pregnant just because I saw that, but I mean I would never take a job without maternity leave. So it's not like they're doing me favors. And um, so you know, I was one of my favorite days of my career to like highlight that for him and turn it to him and be like, he was like, oh okay. So yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, just having to defend myself all the time with things yeah. like that, uh, I don't. That's one of the dislikes. So the likes are for are um, to just to summarize that the likes are you know the salary is higher than a normal teaching salary a lot of the times. But even if it's not, your your all your living expenses are covered or most, and then you can travel a lot too. Um, because you're like closer to things and you, um, you have that disposable income. Yeah. Um, 
last like uh, especially where I am now I couldn't afford this in Korea because Korea is more like America with the um, currency being similar and the cost of living be similar being similar mm -hmm. but when you're living in a country um, where the cost of living is way lower and the people make less per month then you're starting to be able to afford house help and things like that and um, so here I have a nanny and housekeeper and I don't have a driver and everything but I could it would not be a hard thing to have a, a, a gardener you have everything you need a house um, all provided by your job and so it's kind of like wow it's, it's something as on a teacher's salary you live in you know like the one percent back home so. yeah you have me, <laughs> me saying wow right now I, right that you just said that I have questions on one so the, your employer or um the where you work pays for your living expenses because i was like how are you not paying rent like how does that work oh uh, this is that's pretty common um almost every international school will pay for wherever you live mm -hmm. and so um it depends on the place so like in south korea even rich people only have apartments for the most part it's very rare for someone to have a house because it's so condensed so i had but i had a pretty large apartment for the area and it was all covered I don't I paid nothing they asked me to pay a little bit of utility it was like a hundred a month or something like that um so they they asked me to share um but other than that it, I just had to pay for my cell phone and food um That's nice. then yeah I know <laughs> and then here um I have a three-bedroom house and um it's in this compound that they they have built like 10 houses and all of the teachers live here and it's just covered we don't pay for it. It's just they give it to us and they give us the keys when we you, you land. They they arrange your transportation from the airport to your home and then they hand you the keys and that's your place until your contract's over. But so the, is the, the contract <laughs> kind of like the school years in the um not, in the states? Um yeah, well no, no. In the states that's one of the things I like better about the states. In the states you you can do year to year and even if you want to quit in mid year, I mean it's not good, but it you can do it. But here it's kind of a, more, a little more complicated. People do it, but it's it's a little more complicated. You're getting on a plane and leaving, you know. Um and and moving your whole life just because you quit your job. Um and so uh um well what, so the contracts are usually 2 years. Um, oh. You can find one year, but it's not very common. It's usually two years um, or three years. Um, I've seen those, but normally just two years. Okay. Okay. I was just wondering. So is your, um, is the main reason why you're deciding to uh, transition into tech, which we're going to talk about is for the salary, the, um, the lower salary? Um, yeah, that's a big, a big part of it. But I, I also want to be spending my days, um, doing something different. I, I do really enjoy the kids and um, teaching music and things like that, but that's something that's not going away too. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, um, the times that I've been able to work on what I, that I'm starting to love more, um, the, the tech side of things, I have more money that I can have my clarinet, I'm, I'm a classical clarinetist. Um, mm -hmm. And so I have more time for and money for clarinet lessons so I can get back into playing the way I used to. I have more time to do, I could, volunteer at a school if I want to so I'm not losing that side of myself but I'm gaining um some more time for myself and a another thing is being able to be at home with my kids um which is still not bad here um, my my job allows me to bring my daughter to work um so I mean and she's only five months old so I can 
I bring her to work and oh, congratulations is- by the way Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so they let me bring her to work and I have like the nanny and some a room in the admin office. And so whenever I need to go, you know, feed her or something, I just go there. And when I'm in class, she's just with the nanny. And then uh, my son goes to the school for free. That's another thing people love about that. You can usually your tuition is covered at these um, private schools for your kids. So my son's there so I can go check on him anytime. Um, so that's nice. But um I would love to actually truly be home with them because it's still not the same. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I know that you're you're currently transitioning. How did you get into wanting to do that? And can you speak a little bit more about what you're transitioning into? Yeah, so um, this was, it's been a long journey actually I, because the first time I picked up um, a book on discrete math was when my I, I was I remember I was breastfeeding my son and I was reading a discrete math book and I'm um, looking at like the CS50 class I think <laughs> Harvard mm-hmm. CS50 and um, that was when my five-year-old was a baby so it's been something I've been interested in for a while but the reason that I got into it that time is because my son my husband actually um, he uh, gets me to help him a lot of the times back then his English wasn't um, um, where he wanted it to be. He's it's always been great, but he's, um, we're in an intercultural relationship. Mm-hmm. So he, his English is not his first language. And he would have me helping him sometimes like just look up things and his degree was in IT. And so mm-hmm. I was looking at the different things. And then of course I kept seeing this thing about breaking the tech, breaking the tech. So everybody was saying that it's kind of trend. And yeah. so, um, <laughs> so I was, um, I got, um, hooked by that and I've gone on a whole roller coaster ride of everything I if it if you can break into it I've looked into it like <laughs> I, I, so I was um it's been like customer success um web development every single little thing I've looked at it and been like oh I can see myself doing that and um and I've changed my mind many different times and so I've never been truly focused um or not never it, it's I'll get to it now, but um, now I'm transitioning into um, Android development. Um, so that one came up because of my husband once again. Um, I nominated him for this program. Um, Google, I didn't know it was Google at the time. I'm in, um, which I recommend anybody who's transitioning careers to find a group about that, like on Facebook or LinkedIn, something where people are sharing resources. And so someone, at the, the, lead of the leader of the group was like, um, she, she put, posted a post and she was like, I need names of anybody who's interested in um, a fellowship program. She said, I can't really say what company it's through, but um, there's going to be a living stipend and um, it's a year long fellowship. If so, if you know anyone who's interested in Android development, um, you know, give me their name and the reason and I will um, send off your information. And it was really quick because after like uh, too many, um, too many nominations, she, she had to close down the post. So I um, nominated my husband for that and um, didn't think much of it after that. And um, a few weeks later, I got an email and it didn't say any name or anything on it. So it was kind of weird. Um, and I thought it was a scam actually, um, because it said yeah. um, it, it was mo- the same kind of thing, but I had forgotten. It was just a thing you, I saw the um, post and I just did it real quick and went on with my life. Mm-hmm. And so when I got an email in my email box, I had, I guess she used my email and she didn't put 
um, his. And so I got the email and it was saying all about the program and stuff. And then it was telling us when to come to the um, information session about it. And it said it was with Google. And I was like, no, nah, this isn't, um, this is some kind of scam. Um, but then after a <laughs> moment, <laughs> I really thought, <laughs> and after a little, a little bit, I was like, oh, you know what? I had a mentor and I was like, she might've, um, she might've, uh, nominated me that for that. So I'm not sure what it was, but I had been into like a lot of little things. So I went ahead and went to the info session. Um, no, before I went to the info session, I realized later that it was for him. So I emailed the people and I asked them, I said, I think um, I got this um, information about this info session and I'm coming, but I'm thinking, was that for me or for my husband? Um, I, I think I nominated my husband and they said, um, well, I think that we found that the nomination was for your husband, but you can come to the info session too. And um, if you're interested, and so I went, and we both did the program. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, they, they, um, yeah, they didn't actually even get all the people they wanted because there was some pre-work, and it was pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, it was I think 50 spots, and we had like 40 something fellows, and it was a year-long program. Um, enough living expenses to cover um, where I was, but a lot of some people lived in the Bay Area, and it was not even half. Oh, yeah, living yeah. expenses. Dang. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a it was complete it was a year long and it was completely remote. Um and it's it's it was just a pilot program by Google where they're trying to get more um ref representation of um underrepresented. Well, no, it's not actually just under it was specifically targeting black mm -hmm. um minority people. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so any, people who identify as black um, and they, mm -hmm. they call it black plus at that time. Now the, the program and I can um, give you links about it. So if people are interested in looking more into it, um, the program is has expanded now and it's a little more um, um, hard to get into, but they, they are creating more and more initiatives and it's done by Google. And so. It's, it's been a really big resume booster for every one of us who have been through it because mm -hmm. it's literally um, wh while we weren't Google employees and we have to make sure to state that anytime um, we talk about it, mm -hmm. we were um, every single thing was done by Google. So our mentors were Google, our um, our trainers, every single um, part of it. And so it was so it's um, like a paid internship. What is that like? What similar. Similar, yeah. I, I've honestly, even I've been a fellow for <laughs> over a year. Mm -hmm. I still don't know exactly what that means. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So it, it it was just like a um internship. That's uh, it was similar. Um, and Google interns do I would feel like more than what we did because we were being trained the whole time and doing mm -hmm. projects. Um, however, interns I believe they work on teams. Yeah. Um, okay. and so we didn't do that. Um, we were just so being be trained. Um, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so to be clear, um, because the way I am um, understanding is that you signed up and you went to the info session and then you became a fellow. But I'm pretty sure you had other requirements that you needed to pass or to, oh, be, yeah. to be selected. <laughs> So we going to the info session was the first part, but then the I I, I said it backwards. Then we had all this pre work we had to do. Oh, so okay. they had, yeah, they had. I was um, like, that's easy. Let me do that. Then. I I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now it wasn't overly challenging. I have to say, they were really trying to make it um, attainable. They really wanted to um, make something that wouldn't be um, too scary and something that um, they could take. They said, all you need to know is how to. Um, 
use a computer and get on the internet and we'll we'll take it from there we'll take you to entry level um which it really was it was a pilot program so there was a lot of um <laughs> growing pains so that mm -hmm. wasn't really true <laughs> but um they uh they got us a um a true house subscription and um they got it for everybody who was interested and then only the people who finished um, were able to get into the program. So they gave us a, something that was a very small t timeline, I believe two weeks, to do something that um, would, uh, we had to just learn about Java development because Java is one of the languages of Android development. Yeah. And so we had to um, learn Java um, and we didn't have to create anything. We just had to get through all of the um, coursework. And once we got through the coursework, they would just put us all into a lottery if it was more, but it ended up being less. It was a hundred and maybe 50 people and they had 50 spots. And honestly, it, because it was so um, such a short time frame and was and it took so long to do, only 40 something people actually ended up finishing. Yeah, I think that's good that both you and your husband were able to um, do the program together. And yeah, I think that's that's great. And that's a great step in, you know, your tech journey for what you're getting ready to do. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know when you're contracting, if that's soon or not, but um, whenever that does and are um, that doing and you transition over into tech full time, what do you think are some of those transferable skills that you're able to use from being an educator to being an IT professional? Um, so yes, my contract. So the reason that this happened the way it did, because this, this ended up being almost two years ago now, I got this job. Um, it was like two weeks between when I got this job and when um, I got into the fellowship. So then I just ended up doing it concurrently. Mm -hmm. um, um, so that summer I was just doing that, but then I was um, finishing it up while I was here. And um, I decided that I would do my transition at the end of this contract so I wouldn't have to break the contract. So my contract is up um, this end of the school year, so in June, and um, I'm letting it run out and we're coming back to the States and um welcome back yeah welcome back thank you <laughs> thank you I'm, I'm excited to come back <laughs> even though i'm gonna miss my um nanny and all that stuff but <laughs> <laughs> um i um so my transferable skills are uh, uh, there are a lot i've been told that developing is like maybe let's make up a percentage of maybe 30% of your job. And the rest is like having to, you know, deal with other people and figure out being in meetings and things like that. And so those type of things will also be something um, that I can transfer over um, to that career. Um, also, I'm not sure if I'll always be um, straight developer. I might, as I, my career grows, I might go into, um, I've thought of like a, um, a technical program manager or um, something like a developer ad advocate. But for now, I'll, I'm just focused on be becoming an Android developer. And then we'll see where I decide to, you know, hop around next in the yeah. next few years. Yeah, for sure. And I do agree that uh, as a teacher, we do have several transferable skills that can go into any profession. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. And my um last question is, after this is, after your um, time is over with um, teaching internationally, do you, do you see yourself ever going back to maybe teaching in the States? So going back overseas, once you do enter into your new field? 
No. <laughs> no, I really don't. I'm only as um so my husband and I are um starting a well, yeah, we've we've already started a nonprofit organization for education in um Guinea Conakry, which is where he's from. And um so I'm sure as part of that I might be doing you know, little uh, different teaching projects and things like that. But in the traditional sense of being a teacher on mm-hmm. a salary with a principal to report to, that's mm-hmm. never going to happen again. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, we we finished with that. Yes, and I, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Same, same here. Um, I do not want to return. And I mean, I would if that was, you know, something that I absolutely had to do, but I can definitely see myself doing something education related wise or teaching wise in a different way. Um, So that's great. And that's big that your husband and yourself has that nonprofit. I'm pretty sure it's going to be, you know, um, profitable for the children um, or individuals that participate in that. So um, kudos to you too. <laughs> Thank you. And um, did did you have any um, you know, advice or um suggestions for anyone that's potentially looking to uh, transition into tech or maybe um obtain or get into a fellowship? I know you say you was going to share some links, but any like brief mm-hmm. advice? Oh, yeah. Um, So I definitely would say because I feel like it's an up and down. um, It's up and down kind of when you start, you decide you want to do it. I feel like the imposter syndrome type. I I don't don't know if I want to use that word, but we that happens to everybody, whether or not you're self-taught or if you go to college, because actually I am. um, That's something I didn't mention. I'm getting a a degree as well. Um, so I'm, I'm getting an online degree and I'm hoping to finish around the, the end of this year or sometime next year. Um, it's a self-paced degree. So, but that's, um, in software development and, um, the, I feel like whether or not you do that, there's going to always be times where you doubt yourself because you're not, you didn't come the traditional way where everybody feels like you're supposed to know, you know, when you're three years old, you just saw a computer and it was, it was love at first sight (laughs) and you started building robots and stuff. That's like, that kind of thing is such a fallacy. This is just Mm -hmm. a a skill. just like everything else. All of this stuff is break into tech and all this. I, while, while it can get a little cliche at this point, because it's been around for a while that the the thought has been around for a while, I think it's an amazing movement and amazement, amazing, um, thought that more people should be getting into knowledge work instead of um, on being stuck in different jobs that have such a, a low income cap. You, we should all, there's so many jobs and so many things that we can be doing that are not full. Like they, even though we're having a lot of tech layoffs at the moment, I, I feel like that shouldn't scare people as well because th- this is just like the stock market. It goes up and down and there will, it'll, it'll end. And um, you know, these websites aren't going anywhere. These apps aren't going anywhere. There are new apps every single day. There are new websites. There's new everything. This is just, just the tip of the iceberg. It's, data to be crunched there's everything and so you know find what you like um and and do it and you don't have to be some kind of genius with the you know you know the meme with all the numbers in front of the face Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah (laughs) everything is learnable you have a brain that is very incredible you just everything can be just like especially 
teachers who are listening, um, you can break every single thing down into the smallest element. And then that's, and if it doesn't make sense, you just haven't broken it down enough. And so once you've broken it down, broken it down into small enough pieces, you will be able to um, take that. And then you are going to be such an asset to your team because you know how to disseminate that information to others way better than um, most people, because that's what you do. That's what you were called to do. Um, so uh, I think that, I guess my biggest advice is that, you know, anyone can do it if you want to, but don't get discouraged. Um, if it's, it feels like it's taking too long, you don't feel like you're smart enough. If you're listening to this, you're on a computer, you have the tools, you can, and you are smart enough. You just have to break it down a little bit more. Oh, you dropped so many gems. I love that. That was some great advice. I really do. That kind of like touched me. It almost felt like, you know, a speech. <laughs> but I know Oh, thank genuine. you. I was talking to myself. Look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to encourage yourself sometimes. I know. <laughs> That's all for today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Rebranded Podcast, as well as our resume page at revision.writing. Need a resume or some other career service? We got you.